This is day 27 to the 28 Days of Better Selling with Shane Gibson from ClosingBigger.net. We've covered a lot of stuff over the last month, and I was kind of wondering what I should cover today. And then I realized we haven't talked about closing. It's kind of important. It kind of does come at the end of most processes, although I believe that closing is a process, not an event. In other words, if you haven't done all the other stuff that leads up to it, what I'm about to talk to you right about now is not going to make a lot of sense for you. It might not even work because sales is a process, not an event. It starts off by A, targeting and researching the right clients, connecting with the right people within those companies, having the right process for follow-through, needs analysis, proposal writing, presentation skills, handling core objections, integrating modern marketing techniques into that mix as well. And as we move through it and build a strong relationship with that client, speaking their language, closing really is a non-event. It should be something that's quite simple and is more of a formality. Now, with that said, you still will walk away with a check or a signed contract, and you have to ask for it in most cases. So I'm going to talk about some of the core principles of closing here. And this is a topic, of course, that you could literally write a book or many books have been written on. So I'm just going to take the top off it today. I'm going to focus on a couple things. Number one, when to close. Number two, some different types of closes. And I'd say these closes are somewhat for transactional type sales. So long sales cycle, key account, large deals, this might not apply. But for those of us who are selling face-to-face with clients, who are securing one-off deals or smaller transactions, a lot of this is going to make sense. Now, for those of you that are closing long sales cycle deals, realize that in a long sales cycle, you're always closing. You're always closing the next step, though, not the deals. You're closing the next appointment. You're closing the fact that they're going to read the proposal. You're closing a follow-up time. Uh, you're getting agreements in principle on where you're going with the project. All these things, in, in essence, are agreements. So a close is a part of the negotiations process as well. So... Let's look at buying signals. The best time to close a deal, in my opinion, is when someone has given us a buying signal. So verbal buying signals are often when someone's admitting that he or she likes what we have to sell, uh, thinking about the purchase, asking questions around what type of payment we take, or even mentally already in the process of buying, asking sort of after-the-sale questions, asking questions about upgrades, about warranties, about guarantees. These types of things tell us that often they're ready to buy or ready to be closed. They might also with us actually confirm we said, so what you're saying is I get the following things in my internet marketing package. And then from that perspective, we know that, look, they're already in the process of buying. They're just confirming the details. So verbal buying signals. Then nonverbal buying signals. I often joke that's when they get out their checkbook. That's a good nonverbal buying signal, but we don't often get that. But some other nonverbal buying signals is if someone goes back to a product several times, let's say we're demonstrating it, or even if they refer to a certain page in a brochure or on our website or a certain detail over and ask very detailed and focused questions, not negative ones, but very focused. One-on-one, that continual positive body language during a presentation or during communications, or just a change in attitude. So I've had this many times where I walk into a room, I'm presenting, I've got some people on side, but not all. We're going through the core concerns about the product or service. And that one person with their crossed arms who isn't getting eye contact with me all of a sudden opens their arms up and gives me eye contact and asks questions and is in rapport. These are all signs that someone is ready to purchase. So when we're going to close is obviously when we get a verbal or nonverbal buying signal 
or even after an agreement on several features or to restate our core benefits of their product or service, and we've got a positive momentum. So here we are. They're positive. We see that posture. And often inside, still, we don't ask for the business. We leave, we shake hands, we book a second appointment, but often there's that opportunity there. So I'm going to share with you 15 quick ways to close a sale. So this podcast is going to be a little longer than nine minutes today. We're going to go through them and not all of them apply, but maybe you can use three or four of these. So once you've got that positive buying language and that agreement and principle, here's 15 different types of closes. You're not going to use them all, but write down the ones you like. So number one, the alternative close. This is where I'm going to give you the difference between two packages. So I may say something to a client such as, well, I've got a non-customized training program that one of our trainers can deliver, or we've got a highly customized training program that one of the core principles of our company can deliver. Now, why these are all, this is an alternative close is, of course, they're significantly different in prices and features. If I say, look, uh, what we've got here is we've got the Ford Focus or we've got the Ford Explorer. Which one that were you looking at? I know you've test driven them both. Again, that's an alternative close. Maybe they're, they're looking at both vehicles, but they're significantly different in features. So are you going for that Louis Vuitton purse or were you looking at picking up that no-name brand? Maybe we probably wouldn't call it a no-name brand, but the point is they're significantly different products. But the alternative close works, especially if you've got them narrowed down to a couple decisions. The second is the assumed close. The assumed close, I'll often ask, for instance, if you were, let's say, uh, selling internet marketing package, you would say, okay, just to confirm, so our start date would be on July 15th or July 21st. And often when they give us the date, they say, fantastic, okay, so all I have to do is just get that into our agreement, uh, get your signature, and we're ready to go when you guys are. Again, an assumed close, all these things would be rude or inappropriate if we didn't have rapport. So you have to read the situation. But the assumed close is just that. You walk them through the process. The third is just the minor decision close. So did you want the matte leather or the monogram design Louis Vuitton purse? That, again, is a minor decision close. Exactly the same product, same price, just slightly different. Now, for some people, that's a life decision. But my whole point is it's often a minor decision. So if you ask them, would you like the blue or the red paint job on that vehicle? Again, minor decision close because it is not a uh, major price difference. Another one is the courtesy close, which is simply just to be quiet and get out of the way. So I'll use this one if I'm in a boardroom or dealing with two people who are business partners who can't make up their mind. I'll actually excuse myself and let them know that I'm going to step out and let them talk about it confidentially. There's a risk here, but at times the one person who is resisting and doesn't want to be seen as buckling in front of their partner and the salesperson will all of a sudden concede, and often I find it works quite well that way. The fifth close is the direct close. That's where I just say, look, Fred, you've been in my store here six times. You've looked at that. We know it's the best rate. We've checked everything out as far as your specifications, and this is the one for you. Why don't you get it today? Now, you can't use that all the time, but often you can use a direct close with someone you've got a lot of rapport with or someone who's aware of the fact that they're sitting on the fence. The sixth close is the urgency close. So this is something something around sort of a detail, let's say currency. So we might say, look, you know what, at this point, this is the lowest interest rates we've had in history for this type of loan. And I can't guarantee you that if you don't move forward with this today, that I'm going to be able to secure that interest rate for you again. This is really unusual. Or something as simple as, look, those shoes you're looking at there, 
they're on sale. We can't put them on layaway. It's our last pair. So again, the urgency close only works if it's for real. If that, if that interest rate or that sale is there a month from now, you lose credibility to that customer. Seven is the shut up principle close. And actually, this is a good principle for sales in general. I think too often sales professionals talk their way to deals. So after you've restated the benefits and suggested an outcome and pushed that contract over to them or asked the core question, what day was it that you wanted to start this program? Be quiet. Allow a little silence. Often we feel this need to fill the dead space or dead air. In radio, dead air will kill you. Dead air is not a good thing. You have to continually be talking and engaging. In sales, not so much. You want to allow a bit of a pause to put a positive pressure on the buyer. Number eight, the bonus close. This is pretty simple. Most of us do this. Look, if you take this internet marketing package today, uh, something we normally charge for, which is our one-on-one coaching after the implementation, I've got the go-ahead to actually add this to the package at no additional price. The objection closes number nine. And that is simply someone has a core objection about your product or service. Let's say, you know what? This is just way too expensive for me right now, and I don't think I can get the finance for it. And you answer. So what you're saying is if I could help you get the finance with this, you'd be ready to go. So again, this is the objection close. Number 10 is the use of terms close which is very similar to actually number nine there as the example I gave, is this is where you can allow payment terms. So for instance, you have a lot of money up front, but if I can make it affordable, let's say $100 a month instead of $1,000 up front, would that make more sense to you? 11 is a third-party close. I've used it a number of times in my career, especially in a situation where I'm dealing with someone who wants information over and above what I can supply. A number of years ago when I was selling online advertising, in one particular event, I brought our chief technology office with her, officer with me and what this did for me in this particular event is that I knew I was having challenges and I brought someone in with a level of authority or rapport with a buyer so or in a retail outlet you've met someone who obviously you don't have rapport with that customer's for some reason just not it's not working for you and you simply say you know what that's a great question about those hiking boots Fred here actually has a lot more knowledge on this than me let me call Fred over so that's a third party close 12th is a summary close That simply summarizes everything they said they needed and outlining how you're going to fulfill that and then simply combining it with one of the other closes. Fourteenth is the empathy close. This one I've only used a couple times in my life, but uh, it worked. Uh, The empathy close is basically I had a client back east who I hadn't closed a deal with. They wanted me to fly out again and present one more time to the senior executives, but my budget already just on air travel, hotels, and basic expenses was $20,000 before I'd even closed the deal. And what I asked this particular client was this, could you help me out here? I've been coming back and forth in good faith, but I haven't had any real strong signals from you that I can give to my executive team that this is actually a deal we're moving forward. Is there any way you guys can book us for a smaller deal we're out there to recover some of our costs or at least give us a strong signal? Now, what actually happened is this particular individual booked me to work with several of their dealerships while I was out there. We never did get the big deal, but it did cover the costs of losing the bid. But what I get at here is sometimes you can get a buyer who's been raking over the coals or taking a long time to make a decision and let them know that this is impacting your accountability as well with your team or your goals. Again, be careful with that one. Fifteenth is, of course, the consultant close. And this only works if you have a high level of rapport and you've done a really good needs analysis. And it sounds something like this. Based upon what you told me so far, would you mind if I share with you how I think we can help you? They nod their head 
and you know you have that rapport or they say yes, then you roll through your prescription to the solution and ask them when they'd like to get started. So these are 15 closes. There's probably 100 different closes. But as we look at it here, what I've given you here is 15 different ways you can close the sale. Your assignment for today is not to use all of them, but look through all 15 I listed, and I'll, I'll rattle through them here really quickly again. Number one, the alternative close. Number two, the assumed close. Number three, the minor decision close. Number four, the courtesy close. Number five, the direct close. Number six, the urgency close. Number seven, the shut up principle. Number eight, the bonus close. Number nine, the objection close. Number 10, the use of terms close. Number 11, the third party close. Number 12, the summary close. 13 is, of course, a similar situation close. 14 is the empathy close. And 15 is the consultant close. So as we move through this, look at these closes and decide which of these you're not using in your sales process that you could be using either to close the deal or close the next step in the process. This is Shane Gibson's Closing Bigger Sales Podcast from ClosingBigger.net, and this is day 27 of the 28 Days to Better Selling.